Well, welcome today to our teaching on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Holy Days, a uh, very exciting time of year uh, as we move into to these days. But of course, with me, I have Pastor Sean. Uh, he is going to guide and direct us today, but also have a dear friend, Pastor Andrew Adav, uh, Yadav from India. And uh, he is uh, another Bible scholar that I'm going to rely on these two guys today. So welcome, Sean, and uh, let's get started today. All right. Uh, today we're going to jump right into Yom Teruah, which is Rosh Hashanah, and we're just going to get right into it. It's uh, Yom Teruah means day of shouting. <laughs> so it's one of the most important feasts, but it's one of the ones that we just, you don't hear a whole lot about, and they weren't sure what it was really about. So it's a sign of things to come, a mystery. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it begins the Jewish New Year too. Right. Yeah. This this is a whole new year on God's calendar, and we were just discussing a few moments ago uh, that is year of fifty seven eighty four. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. All right. So so it's a time of new beginnings. Yes. You've been saying that recently as you've been preaching. It is a time of new beginning, so we'll stick with that. And then uh, b- before it, though, comes the month of Av. <laughs> and in the month of Av, we have a history of things that have just gone wrong for the Jewish people. And if you've ever had a time in your life where it just seems like, man, am I just under so much attack. Man, so many things are going wrong. And it usually comes right before a time of blessing and a time of God doing a good move. Because the devil knows, hey, they've got this blessing coming, and I'm going to do everything I can to stop it. i got to get them off track. So the month of Av, uh, the Jewish people don't even allow weddings. Right. It's, it's been so bad. The final solution with the Nazis, the year before you had uh, Germany, the Nazis took over, uh, you have uh, Aaron died, Miriam died, the spies brought back a bad report from the, from the land. The first and second temples were destroyed. In the month of August. Yeah. The well, place. also, this ends uh, right starting the Rosh Hashanah, uh, ends the month of Elul 29. Mm-hmm. And we know Elul 29 is Judgment Day. And, you know, if you go back through history, uh, we can look even here in America that some of the, the days that we've seen the greatest stock market crashes always happen on Elul 29. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people have died uh, unexpectedly and some expectedly on that day, but it, it's a judgment day. But we're starting into to, to that new beginning, new year. So I, I always uh, like to, uh, you know, notice what's happening around the world on the 29th of Elul. Right. So. Uh, Pastor Andrew. Yeah. When you look at uh, the site of Judaism, how they celebrated it, it was believed and it was promoted as that a person's good and bad deeds, uh, you know, would uh, were weighed in these scales, mm-hmm. you know, and during that time. And so, and between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, so in order to see if someone was good enough to be, their names written in the books of life. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are so many things in one go that happens and it comes in, you know, one after the other, one after the other. But but uh, there is a, the, here's the sad reality of it, you know, from a Jewish perspective that, uh, is that it is believed that people can turn away from their sins 
doing good deeds. Yeah. That's exactly, you know, what they thought was. And these good deeds are meant to give, uh, you know, them a more a favorable chance to, 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 of having their names written in the book of life in the new year. So, it, but Rosh Hashanah really provides uh, God's people uh, a time to reflect, hmm. yes. which we don't do very often. Something bad has to happen and then we want to go towards that. But uh, this, sh this should not be only, okay, now this is coming, so let me do this. It ties up with, you know, even the rapture that we can talk about later on. Mm -hmm. yeah. That, you know, or we'll settle it. That's why people try to give dates and so on and so forth. But the prime purpose is to repent and turn away from your Amen. sin. Amen. And that's yeah. what we're going to be leading yeah. in today. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's uh, it's very interesting. I'm glad he mentioned that, you know, because the Jewish people, and it's something we don't talk about very often. Yeah. Uh, th there's these deeds that you're supposed to do during this time, yeah. and they know that it's weighed, and it's yeah. not only weighed. When the Day of Atonement comes, yeah. what he's referring to is, for the entire Day. year, yes, your mm. whole everything is written by the Father, yeah. mm -hmm. and that's what that's what they truly believe. Yeah. So it's on that Day of Atonement, it is decided yeah. what your whole next year will be yeah. like. So it's, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. That's yeah, because yeah. If, when you read Malachi, it talks about a book of remembrance. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, so uh, the greatest time of struggle, the spiritual struggle, yeah. right before uh, it seems to take place, right before Rosh Hashanah. Mm -hmm. If you uh, if you have a lot of battles and struggles in August, it's right around that time. Uh, battles that the devil knows a time of great outpouring is coming. So it's not a time to give up. It's not a time to run away. It's a time to press in. It's a time of repentance, and it's a time of God's judgment coming shortly around the corner. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's just one of the things I wanted to lead into. Uh, it's the only feast that doesn't begin with a full moon. Yeah, it does not begin with a full moon. It, uh, I have it written down here in my other book. Uh, they would go out, and you would have two witnesses, which was usually two priests. And they would look for the slightest sliver of the moon. And it would be almost silver. The moment it would appear, they would say, that's it. It's begun. And that's when the announcement came. Hmm. So it, uh, it was on one day in the beginning, but because of weather and other things, and they never knowing the exact day or hour, hmm. that they would uh, go out and they would do this. They'd say, you know what, we're going to make it two days, just so we know we're getting this accurate. Yeah. So the Jewish people started doing that. But it's at the slightest sliver of the moon. So it points to something that, you know, you don't know the day or the hour. You have to have two witnesses, which is very interesting, and to see when all this is coming about. Um, now, it's, uh, it's when the uh, cycle of the moons, you know, they cover the harvest. And you say in four months and then a harvest and, and Jesus raptures the church. You know, it's, it's kind of coming in the, together. So um, I'm kind of bouncing around here at the moment, but... Uh, so, in Revelations 4, mm -hmm. 1 through 2, the rapture of the church. It takes place, uh, the Feast of Trumpets is fulfilled. God's voice sounds like that of a trumpet, just like in Exodus. Mm -hmm. So, if we bounce back to Exodus, I believe it's 20. Um, Moses is going up the mountain, and he's getting the, the tablets. And the people hear a booming voice. Right telling Moses and speaking to Moses. They can't make it out. Sounds like lightning and thunder. Mm. It's very interesting. Uh, 
the voice of the Holy Spirit is a still small voice for us. Because if it wasn't, what would we do? We would run. We'd yeah. Cow, yeah. We'd be afraid. Yeah. Um, so in chapter 4, come up hither, worship in heaven. He's speaking to John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And John's saying, the Lord speaks to me. He's telling me, come up hither and I will show you things you know not of. Mm. But it's a, he said it was like the voice of an archangel, like that booming voice, like a sound of a trumpet. Yeah. So it points to that sound on Yom Teruah, that final blast mm. and that, to bring about the rapture. And it's very interesting that Revelations, it happens in chapter 4. Right. Before the events of all the great judgments. Right. That's yeah. what I want to point out. You know, and that's something that we do want to point it out and let people understand because so many people are always telling me, oh, I don't like the book of Revelations. I don't understand it and it scares me. But, you know, what does chapters uh, one and two talks about the churches, but it's speaking to the churches as an opportunity to repent and come back. And so that is what we sense even in this time, the, the days of awe, a time of repentance to get back and get right with God before that final blast because we know what we believe and teach uh, in Revelations chapter 4 where it says come up hither or come up here. We, the saints, will be caught up uh, to meet Christ in the sky and then from chapter 4 on to 19, like you, you've said before, the church is not mentioned, so there's we're looking at the rapture, and then that's when those judgments come out too. Absolutely. And he begins with, when you, read, when you start Revelation, what does he say? I know your works. Yeah. I, I know all the things. Uh, but, you know, there's a very interesting passage of Scripture when we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, repentance and all. First, Second Samuel 14, 14 says, For we will surely die and become like spilled water on the ground, which cannot be gathered again. And then it says, full stop, Yet God does not take away a life, but He devises means so that His banished ones are not expelled from Him. Mm. So the, he, he Himself, okay, Judgment is coming, but he himself is taking an initiative to bring us back. Yeah. Yeah. True repentance. So he's saying, God does not take away your life. Mm. So the ball is in my court. You know, Mm -hmm. we cannot say, well, you know, most people say, well, if God knew, he should have stopped Uh, it. No. He's giving us a chance. He is not going to take it, but he is devising means. And the best means that I know is... Repentance. Amen. Amen. But we live in a lot of remorse. We don't repent. Hmm. Repentance is the road that opens up. That's just like the man that gets, he's sorry. He's sorry because he got caught. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, it's a beautiful verse. In fact, I'm surprised, you know, because this morning only I was studying it. Yet God does not take away a life, but he devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. That's mm. beautiful. It's it's like Jesus. Isn't it? He's not willing that any should perish. Right. Mm. So yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so we have that event that happens. He comes up to uh, says chapter four. Uh, yeah. Come up hither, worship in heaven. Yes. Chapter five, Jesus becomes the lion. Chapter six, you got com- cosmic signs and destruction to seventeen with the destruction of mystery Babylon. 
And then in 19, Jesus returns with the army of heaven. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then in 20, you got the imagery of the time of the tabernacles, the thousand year reign. Mm -hmm. So we have all that coming to together. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's a very interesting thing to see how these feasts play out. Because mm -hmm. everything's on a prophetic timeline. Yeah. Right. And it's, uh, we see all that. <clears throat> and, uh, we'll go into the sounds of the trumpets. So there's a hundred blasts on the day of uh, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Uh, you have all these days. You have the 40 days leading up, uh, and then you have the 100 blast. So the tekiah the is a long single blast, and it symbolizes joy and contentment. Mm. Mm. The trua, non, nine short blasts, nine notes, very quick, symbolizes trepidation, sorrow, and sobbing. The, the shivarim, the three short blasts, it sounds like broken notes, and it symbolizes weeping. And if you've ever heard someone blow a trumpet or a, uh, a ram's horn, and they don't know what they're doing, or they haven't cleaned it, and it, it sounds so broken, bitterness, and that's what these are, are representing here. It's, it's representing that broken and bitterness. And then the tekiah uh, gedolah, the great trump, the very long final note symbolizes hope of redemption. At that time, the large trumpet will be blown, and the ones lost in the land of Assyria will come, as well as the refugees in the land of Egypt. They will worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. That's Isaiah 27, 13. Mm. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet blast, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, and from one end of heaven to the other. That's Matthew 24, uh, 31. And in Exodus 20, as we discussed earlier with the Ten Commandments, yeah. sounds like that great booming, that trumpet voice. And um, after this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and a voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. That's Revelation verse 1. I mean, chapter 4, verse 1. So this is the last time the church is mentioned, and it's giving that timeline. So now we have, I'm going to go over and uh, change over to Joshua, and we're going to talk about that, because we're going to lead into repentance. But before we do... Um, Pastor Andrew, just there in India and things like that nature. Uh, you know, the Revelations talks about how uh, if we follow the churches that lines out. Yes. The very last one is the you know what I would call the lazy church. Yes. The setback church. Uh, we don't know here in America, so uh, so I'm asking you, uh, have you seen signs of that, or what's it look like? See, oh, the Book of Revelation when the seven churches, it's it's commendation, and then there is. You know, I got this against you, but uh, whether it's not about whether the, how the church in India is or in America is, I think we're all the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We we're, we're in the same boat because no matter where you travel, people are the same. Only thing we're just separated by our cultural setting. And in India, this is what we do. This is what we do, and we, which is very dangerous. When we cannot you know, mark up to what God's word says. So what I do is, I say, well, my culture tells me to do this. No. So we're always trying to find a way out mm -hmm. if it doesn't suit me. Or I know it is not right, or I know I should be doing this. And so uh, we are very quick to bring in our culture. And so what we do is, so my take is this, Christ is above culture. It don't matter whether you're in America or you're in India. We go with what Christ has said because throughout his life, 
he kept breaking the cultural barrier over and over again mm. in the presence of people who were j just to hold him down and catch him and so so christ is above culture so i think whether we are in the west or we are in in any part of the world we hold that that standard has to be held that christ is above culture so i cannot say well in america you do this but in india we do this because that's our culture we cannot bring him down to that he's always above yeah. and so uh, i think again it goes back to that cycle of repentance mm. true repentance mm. true repentance is not that uh, oh now i'm going to be in church more mm. it's like you know it's a, it's a change of heart it's a 360 degree change you know we used to sing this song when we were kids in sunday school great change since i was born things i used to do i do them no more mm -hmm. and 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 um, very quickly let me take you to the life of joseph you know everything he could have done whatever he wanted but that one line he says he says i cannot sin against my god mm -hmm. joseph never had never had no church to go to he was free what he if he wanted he could have done whatever but when he brings in that part when he says i cannot sin against my god so with whether it's potiphar's wife or whether it is in the in the prison cell even though he's being sold his heart was always tuned to in a hidden place and so here we are not we're not that in a hidden place we've got our freedom in india mm. we've got our freedom too it's we're losing it slowly by slowly but what i'm trying to say is that uh, we cannot bring in our culture to say you know and live a compartmentalized life okay mm -hmm. this is a church life and this is my life because my culture tells me because i don't want him to not like me yeah so well you know and you're using culture a lot for india yes. but we have the same issues but we just we use that's where i was raised you know yes. we don't use yes. culture so we all play in the same game yes uh, i'm so glad you put it that way because i was counting on that yeah. i didn't know what i was going to do if you didn't <laughs> so uh, no it's uh wherever you go yeah wherever you go just like you said it's yeah. it's so much you know God's above culture, yeah. mm -hmm. and that's that's a great line, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. Is God is above the culture, yeah. and you know it's uh, He's the same for all of us. Yeah, and it's it's that same measure of leading into holiness and mm -hmm. repentance, and that's that's yes. And, mm -hmm. and and let me add to that. See the reason because in India they say okay Jesus is a foreign god. He's a god of the white man, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, you know where is Jesus? You know, so we we constantly tell our people, especially those who who are from a different faith. Oh, they think, oh, you know, Jesus is you know only died for the Christians, and you know, I said, he's from the Middle East, you know, mm -hmm. right next to us. <laughs> yeah. You know, so this uh, the reason they think that because the way. they have portrayed him mm -hmm. you know pictures of jesus you know yeah. blue eyes and long hair and all that stuff but so that also plays into that this the psyche of saying oh you know what he can what can he do for me because i've got 33 million gods on here you you see you mm -hmm. see so the disparity that the enemy has created yeah over the years and and so once you get stuck in that it's very difficult to come out 
So that is why, you know, that Second uh, Samuel 14, 14 says, God is making devices. Throughout the world, God is making ways and means to, so that none of us are banished but are brought back. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, that's great. And, you know, um, Jesus was not a white guy. No. I'm just going to point that out. As a white guy, I'm going to tell you flat, he was not a white guy. Yeah. Um, it, it even goes as far as described that he was not made as a pleasing appearance. Yes. Because they, so no one would lust after him. So when you're talking about someone who is not even attractive, he's just a plain looking person. Yeah. Yeah. He's Middle Eastern. He's not light skinned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, he's our God, but it, he's everyone's God. Yeah. That's yeah. my point I'm getting across. He's yes. the world, you know, every, every yeah. human, he's, he is God. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the one true God. Mm -hmm. mm. Amen. You, I mean, just you referred what you were saying. We have 33 million gods. Yes. I hear that phrase thrown out all the time. Yeah. Is that an actual count or is that just a number saying we have so many gods you can't count them? Whatever you want to be a God for you, right. that becomes your God. So, but there's actually... But known in, in the, known in the, in, the, in the Hindu pantheon, Okay. That's many they got. Okay. Yeah. I, I hear that number. Yes. 33 million gods and I can't yes. fathom yes. 33 and million. And I saw, so is that just a figure of speech you use that no, number? No, okay. But that's is, how many is recorded. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, the other thing is, uh, that is why the problem arises. I've got six days. Mm. And even if you give one one day, you're never going to please them. Right. So, okay, let's make me... Th that is why they don't have a problem to insert Jesus also in, as one of them. As one. Not the God, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. one God. As one. As so, one. and it's because a good it's, thing that we... It's, it's a pantheistic society. Yeah. And, and so we are monotheistic, okay? One God, you know, everything. So that's how it plays out. Uh, whatever works for me, yeah. But what people don't realize it that you cannot make a God in your own image. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I'm going to try to get back on our track of, uh, of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. But, well, I'm uh, going to touch on it. Okay. Because in America, even though we don't say it, right. how many people have things that they set before God? Right. And do they have all these things that they set before God? And it's their God in and, a way because it's, it takes more precedent than God does. But he gives us these ten, these ten days, day of Oz, yes. the day of repentance. Yes. Too. So he's getting us back on track. So yeah. <laughs> but in Joshua chapter six, they marched around six days and blast the horns. Seven horns, uh, the priests would blast, and the people would shout each day. Mm -hmm. And then on the seventh day, they marched seven times and they blasted at the horns. They shouted and the shofar, and they blasted it over the ark of the covenant, straight at the walls of Jericho, and the walls came down. Now, uh, they came down after the great trumpet blast, uh, and then Luke eight seventeen. for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to the light and made known to all. Mm -hmm. So I'm pointing that out because the walls are coming down, mm -hmm. and that's what this, this is a season of time where the walls should be coming down. Because I'm going to point it out this way, and this may sound rough to some people, but you've got 10 days of all, you have 10 days of repentance. Now, you can choose to bring down those walls and repent and come before God, or you can wait till after the Day of Atonement and He can bring down those walls anyway. Mm -hmm. So I would much rather bring it before God and repent and show Him everything, lay it bare, and just be at that 
in those days of all is in repentance rather than being judged and then it brought out before everyone because no matter what it's all coming out right but wouldn't we rather have it under the blood that's that's what mm -hmm. i'm saying so it's, it's kind of a call to repentance for people out there that are watching it's uh you got to see it's, it's a time of teshuva it's a time to return to god yeah it's not a time to uh, despair. It's not a time to worry, but it is a time to be humble and come before God and lay it all out there. How many lies have we told ourselves in our minds? Mm -hmm. How many lies has the devil told you? How many things have you accepted as truth that you know does not line up with the Word of God? This is a time in the days of all to get close to God, to have that relationship. Um, I'm going to read through 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 a little bit. And now concerning these times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, and then sudden destruction will come upon them. As labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day uh, to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are, get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us, destined us for wrath. Right there. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. You should underline that. He has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. So, mm -hmm. He didn't appoint us to wrath. Right. While this is, uh, I don't usually get into the whole debate of when the rapture will take place. But he did not appoint us unto wrath. So there's some people say you got to go through the whole tribulation and all these things. Mm. I do not believe that. Yeah. Because he did not appoint us unto wrath. This right. wrath is not the wrath of man. Mm. It's the wrath of God upon a sinful world that has not repented after everyone's been taken out that is of his. Yeah. So I just want to point that out now. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be like the days of Noah. So in the days of Noah you had people playing around, you had marriages, you had everybody doing what they wanted to do. And one of the reasons I want to point this out is, uh, you know, Jonah met a whale, Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and hellfire. Hmm. How many Christians do we have today... They hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, go this way and do this, and say, I'm not going to do that. Hmm. How many people do we have that can hear the voice of God and have chosen to disobey and walk into the line in their life? And they are Christian, they come to church, they, they'll, they'll shake your hand, they tithe, they have the appearance of doing everything right on the outside. Everybody loves them, but they've not obeyed the voice right. of the Holy Spirit. It's a very serious matter. Yeah. Uh, one of the main reasons sometimes as, as, as we're talking about Christians coming to church and all this, he has become our savior, but we never made him Lord. Hmm. So if, because when he becomes Lord, he has to be Lord of everything. Otherwise he's not. So there is no 
in between way. So I think the struggle is that okay, yes, I have, I have, I have accepted him as my savior, but that's half. Mm -hmm. hmm. He has to be Lord. That is why many Christians still struggle with uh, you know, I I have uh, you know personally uh, had to go and pray for people, and I've been asked. I would ask the Lord, Lord, you know, they're having this you know uh, over and over again demonic attacks demonic attacks, depression, severe depression. Remember one time you were in our home and we had to go in the night. When I said, Lord, you know, what am I going to pray for? And the Lord said, the, my Lordship has not been established in her life. So for the Lordship of Jesus to be established in her life, we have to renounce. Mm. And that, that's where you go back to John's baptisms. What was the baptisms of John that he was doing? It was a baptism of repentance. Mm -hmm. mm. And what were they doing in that repentance? They were renouncing. Mm. Because if you don't renounce, that thing can come back. Mm. And the story, you know, the guy who had his house cleaned and, and you know, he never replaced it with anything. So it's very important that we as Christians, it don't matter whether you go to church, that's all good. But the main thing is the Lordship of Jesus, once it gets established, and I'm not saying that we will not have our moments where we you know, fall, but the grace will always come back if the Lordship is established in our life. Because you're not doing it willfully, you know, we're not doing it, you know, or, you know, today I, I'm not going to decide, oh, today I'm going to go sin. No. Hmm. We have, you know, we all have a, a fallacies, if I would uh, use that word. But this is what I've seen over the years is that the struggle that remains, you know, and that's why we try to cover it with works. Okay, let me do this and let me, you know, do a little bit here. Oh, let me go and serve here in the church. But the Lordship of Jesus has to be established. And it once the Lordship of Jesus is established, then we move from being a man pleaser to a God pleaser. Amen. Yeah, that's how I see it. That's how it works. And so... First uh, Thessalonians that you just read, it's talking about the coming of the Lord and mm. and 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 that's that passage talks about the children of light. Mm. Uh, I I think it's the fourth verse onwards, and so mm. uh, it's a desire as uh, you know uh, to walk in as the children of the day, mm -hmm. and uh, so don't doze off. You know, watch. You yeah, know, watch all things. Well, you know, watching all things, that is, it's important that we look at these feasts because regardless whether we in America or even in India as Christians today celebrate the feast, but we need to observe them because we can look at the, the spring feast and from history, we know that Jesus, things happened. Yeah. The death and burial and resurrection of yeah. Jesus Christ, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Those are past things, evidential things that we can see, lay hands on. They are in those feasts. But now we're moving into the fall feast. Yeah. And the two fall feasts that were right upon us is uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And uh, not, you've already said it, and I know you believe this, we, none of us believe in date setting. We, no one knows the day or the hour, but we can know the season. And uh, many uh, scholars, teachers, uh, 
of the word believe the rapture of the church is during these feasts. Uh, and uh, so you say, well, if you say that, you're saying a time. Well, that was possible we could be saying a, a season of a year, but we don't know what year. Uh, but the danger is some people will say, well, I can live the way I want to live from uh, after this feast is over, he didn't come back. Okay, I, well, I can live the way I want to live until the next one. But we can't do that either because we, we know he can come at any time. But a lot does look around these, these times and point to it. Uh, and it's that we have that opportunity to repent. But one of the, the important things right now, we have a chance for a new year, mm-hmm. a new beginning. And so uh, we're moving into new beginnings. And you mentioned earlier uh, that the priest would look for that sliver of the moon and then the announcement. Uh, it's odd because uh, I, have t- I haven't t- mentioned this to you I, uh, Pastor Andy heard me uh, sharing with Becky uh, the other day, but for the last several weeks, I've been hearing in my spirit announcement, announcements coming. Uh, and I do believe we're right upon a great announcement for the world, for the church. Uh, I don't know what that announcement is. I'm not going to go into speculation. I just feel I hear there's an announcement. And uh, so it is very exciting to move into these uh so we've talked about a lot. We haven't talked really too much about the, <clears throat> the shofar, the blowing of the trumpets, the horns. Uh, during this time, is they probably blow the shofar more times in the fall mm-hmm. feast than any other time. And I believe uh, during this, uh, uh, the two-day celebration of Rosh Hashanah, the trumpets are sounded uh, prior to every prayer, mm-hmm. every time of prayer. Uh, you got anything on that today? Every uh, before every time of prayer, like you said, and uh, any time they do something with uh, lighting something, I believe they uh, uh, the incense. Uh-huh. Anything that's important, there's a trumpet blast. Mm-hmm. So you got a hundred throughout the day, and then that last full blast mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. So yeah. It's, so is the the last. Full blast. Is that the only difference of the other trumpets? Are they are there different signals of trumpets, or is it just a, just a blowing a trumpet? Well, I don't have time to go into all of it, <laughs> but there's uh, he's probably already he's shaking his head already. Uh, there's two silver trumpets mm-hmm. that are talked about. There's a golden trumpet that's mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, now these are, you're referring to these in Revelation, mm-hmm. okay? Different things, uh, but uh, it, when he comes back, it's supposed to be the golden trumpet. Mm-hmm. I can say that, uh, but uh, we don't really have a whole lot of time to go into all of that. But uh, yeah, there are differences in that, and uh, I encourage people to look that up because it's very interesting to see. And uh, you know, when Isaac was going to be sacrificed and the ram was caught in the thicket, mm-hmm. they cut off the ram's horns, mm-hmm. and those are believed to be the silver trumpets that they had. Yeah. Oh. So I just just a little bit of it. little nugget. So what have you got on the trumpets and uh, the sounding of the trumpets and horns? Uh, see, it's number one. It's the promise of Christ's return. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what I see is uh, because for years and years we've been hearing that. My grandmother, when I was a kid, my grandmother believed with all her heart in her time Jesus would come back. 
And so every day, and she was a blind woman. She was blind. And so she would call me or my sister and she would tell us, open the Bible and I want you to read from here and here. And every time we finished that reading and she would pray and she would say, Jesus is coming very soon. Hmm. In fact, Paul in his time believed it. Mm -hmm. He was so sure that Jesus would come back. That is why you see him in a hurry. I want to go. I want to tell Caesar about it. I, I want to go to Rome. And mm -hmm. that was the purpose. And so it's, it's the promise, the golden trumpet that you were talking about is the promise of Christ's return. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, one that is taken very lightly when you uh, read the book of Second uh, Peter, I think it's, a, it's the third or the fourth uh, chapter. It says, knowing the first that they shall come in the last is scoffers, walking after their own desires, you know, and that, and, and one, one of the great things is when you read 1037 of Hebrews, it's describing the coming of, of Christ and trumpets, always proclamation. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the great proclamation, you know, the trumpet, uh, the sounding and uh, some believe uh, I was reading the other day, some believe that the angel has picked up the trumpet. Now, I mean, that's somebody's view. Mm -hmm. Right. When you look at the times that we are in, mm -hmm. and, and when you read Matthew 24, and when they ask him for a sign, he begins to tell them, you are going to hear this and this, and we are in that. Mm -hmm. We are in that time very close. And so, uh, uh, when it talks about the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the trumpet blast. So it's like, this is it, this is it. And, um, but I think the reason they have, the Bible separates is, you know, get it right before this final one. Blows. Right, right. You know, yeah. you mentioned your, your grandmother yeah. believed that uh, the Lord would come in her lifetime. Yes. And you, uh, Apostle Paul believe the Lord would come in his lifetime. Well, the question would be, what kind of minister or preacher would we believe or be if we didn't believe he was coming in our lifetime? Yes. What would we teach? Yeah. Oh, you got plenty of time. Yeah. So I uh, am a 68-year-old. Uh, I've been pastoring now in the ministry for the last 29 years. I, the day that I started the church, I told the congregation, I believe the Lord's coming in my lifetime. Yeah. I still believe the Lord's coming in my yeah. lifetime. And that's been 29 years ago. And so I'm getting closer to the end of my lifetime. Yeah. And I still believe that he's coming. And, I, and so that's why it's so important, Sean, that we, we do what we're doing. And we teach this. And, and uh, because we are teaching something now and talking about something now about a... a if you're going to repent and have repentance, this time of year is more so, if you even can imagine, because we've already mentioned that the rapture could be at, at this feast of Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur right here at this end. Yeah. So if, if you're listening today and uh, you have sin in your life and you've not repented, uh, this this is a time of repentance. Every day is a day of repentance, but more so as we approach this time. So, uh, great great stuff. So, uh, and you know, covering some of that, uh, you're right over there in that side of the world, and uh, you see this 
lining up because we got Boko Haram going through Egypt and these different a a places. He's seen this. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. I already see it. Things are lining up in different nations around there. You got Libya and different ones that are all lining up exactly the way the Bible said it. Mm -hmm. You got all the, the stuff right around Israel, everything that surrounds it, lining up. The nations, the allegiances are forming. Yeah. Everything is lining up exactly the way it should. Now, if you go back 20 years, people would have said, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. But now, now you see it. No. The things that we've seen in our lifetime that we thought would never happen. The, uh, and the acceleration of stuff. Talking about the golden trumpet, uh, you know, Luke 19 says, Occupy till I come. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, God in intended for the gospel trumpet to continuously sound till the return of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he says, occupy till I come. And, and when you talk to people who are in missions, you know, they pray. I have heard some of them say, Lord, delay your coming so that we can reach as many. Yeah. And, and so uh, we should be sounding the gospel trumpet, mm -hmm. not our own trumpet, Amen. of our own ideas mm -hmm. uh, by every means that is available to us. And... Uh, your testimonies, witnessing, preaching, teaching, you know, television. I mean, today the media, uh, I mean, we've got a wonderful platform and that tells me that we are without excuse now. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And, and, and uh, some may say it's not my responsibility. It is the responsibility of every born again Christian. Amen. Mm. Amen. The mm. days of excuses are over. Amen. Days of saying, you know, uh, well, uh, I'll pray about it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Mm -hmm. You don't need to pray about it. The, the gospel has to be preached and not necessary. I think we will win more people on one-on-one -on -one by being the salt and the light. Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, saying you know, it has to be only here. And times have changed. But the good thing is, God has not changed. The method, the method may vary from place to place, but the message never changes. Mm. And, and uh, there is no other way than repentance. Amen. Amen. And you know, with him saying that, I'm, I'll just point it out this way. If the only place you can minister is from a platform, you've missed the point. Yeah, it's true. You've totally missed the point. It, you, you minister to your friends, you minister to the people you work with, yeah. mm -hmm. you show God's light everywhere you go because you never know when that's somebody's last moment or day mm -hmm. on earth. Yeah. And it's, it's Constantly it's, developing and making disciples. Mm -hmm. And that's the heart of our pastor uh, is making disciples, uh, discipleship, and so that we have understanding. That's a real part of this whole ministry that we do yeah. is helping to make disciples, bring in understanding, to know the, to understand the times and the seasons that we live in. Uh, so we'll jump back in. Okay. We'll finish up here. Uh, we got a little off track, but it's it's a good word. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Uh, Revelation 6, 15 through 17. The kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the strong and every slave free man hid themselves in the caves among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us, 
hide us mm. from his presence who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of the wrath has come, and who is able to stand? stand. Mm, so uh, the season that we're in now is all about being able to stand in the day that that comes. Yeah. When you're able to stand, you're with God. Mm -hmm. You're on his side. You're coming back with him as the armies of heaven. If you're not able to stand, you're on the other side. And the, the wrath that we're delivered from is God's wrath. Right. We're, we're with him. Uh, be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. And that day will come upon you like a sudden trap. So if, you, if you're boggled down by all these things of life, well, I want to own this and I want to do this. I'd like to do these things. These things are not what's important right now. What's important is getting close to God. The time is short. He's coming back. Remember the five foolish virgins mm. in Jesus' parable. You had five who had the oil. They were ready. They had everything lined up. You know, they bought what they needed. They were prepared. That's the point. And then you had the five foolish that were completely unprepared. Mm. They were going to do what they wanted to do. They didn't have to listen to the Holy Spirit. They didn't have to listen to God. They, I know what I need to do for my own life. How dare you tell me what I should do? I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm just pointing out some things because these are some of the things that I see, you know. And it's, uh, you got a lot of people who claim to be a follower of Jesus who are saying, well, I don't really believe that. I, I know he kind of spoke to me, but I don't really believe that. I'm going to go do my own thing. Hmm. And there's such a danger in that because this is one of the things that I like to teach people. I would rather that you struggle but obey when he speaks yeah. than to be perfect on the outside and be a devil on the inside. You can't pick and choose. Yes, mm. you can't pick and choose. Yeah. And it's uh, so many of them uh, today, they, they need that, that, the lordship yeah. in their life. Uh, they need to come back to that repentance before he comes back because time is short. Mm -hmm. And we have the days of all, like this Friday starts... Uh, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, at 6 p.m., mm -hmm. and it's a two-day celebration, mm -hmm. so it runs until, uh, actually, you have to, uh, Friday through Saturday, Saturday through Sunday, and then you start in the days of Av. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And uh, in uh, Leviticus 22, 32 through 33, uh, I am to be regarded as holy among the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. I am yud vav who makes you holy. So mm -hmm. I'm going to Stop right there and just say, you don't make yourself holy. Right. God makes you holy. So whenever you say, well, I just can't do it. Well, I don't know how to repent. Or I don't have the ability to. I've tried to do that before. You don't make you holy. Right. He makes you holy. Right. Uh, there's no excuse there. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God, I am Adonai. So God wants to meet with you every week. I want to point this out real quick. Uh, how many days do we have to meet with God? How many Sabbaths do we have? How many times do we have feasts do we have? These are all preparations of God saying, hey, I want to meet with you yeah. before the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yeah. This is my time with you. This is our time to get to know one another. Mm -hmm. this, it's just like a, uh, a guy who's betrothed to a wife. He's saying, these are the days I'm going to meet with you to get to know you. And how many times do we see people just brush it off? Well, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Or it's just this day. We just do this ritualistically. No, we don't. Mm -hmm. This is his time with us. Him saying, I'm coming to meet with you. This is, this is my time with you before we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Are you willing to meet with me? Are you willing to know me? And that's the point when I want to get across. 
are we willing to know God? So can we go through life and just say, well, you know, I read my Bible, I fast, I come to church, I give to the ministry, and I go walk around the town and do the prayer walk, but I don't know God at all. No. I, there's no real relationship there. It's mm. completely gone. What does he say to the, the five foolish virgins? I never knew you. Be gone from me, you workers of iniquity. It's all about him getting to know you. So that's the danger that I want to get across. Because yeah. so many, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, who were perfect in all their rituals, mm. and making everything looking, making everything look good, but they did not know God. What did he say? If you knew my father, you would love me. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's there. I can't put it into words. I'm trying to put it into words. But the, the depth of how important it is to have that true relationship mm. with God, to get yeah. to know the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, you look like you want to say something. Go yeah, for it. Uh, uh, just quickly, uh, back on the trumpets, uh, we need to heed. If, you don't, if we don't heed these ones, we will never understand the final one. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, you know, uh, I do all these things, and, and yet, you know, we fall short because, again, coming back to this whole thing of, you know, my will. So what we do is we say, it is very dangerous to pray the prayer, Lord, let your will be done in my life. I, what I understand is, when you read Deuteronomy chapter 29, I think it's, it's Deuteronomy 29, it says, the hidden things belong to God. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, but the revealed things belong to us and our children forever. So, let us not get stuck. You know, I want to know the will of God. What He has revealed, let me obey that. Mm -hmm. Once I have obeyed the revealed will of, in other words, what God has revealed to me about His nature, and I do that, then the secret things follow. Because he, what does He say in Luke? He says, it is to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom. Jesus is saying that, and 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 so uh, we must heed His voice, because it is very easy to disregard, like you were saying, you know, mm -hmm. and do all the stuff that people can see. Yes. And so that you know, uh, I can I can, you know, you may say that I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy, but the Bible is very clear: none of us is good. Only God is good. Mm. So we again we, we draw that from you know our works and I know works we there are works to be done. Mm. Jesus said you got to do the work, uh, you know you got to do the work of an evangelist. You got to do the work in the fivefold ministry. That's there all there, but heeding his voice is very very important. And very quickly let me say this, you know we've been talking about these times. Okay, God is giving these times to us. I thank God that we are now in the dispensation of grace. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the people in those days, only once a year you get a chance. Mm. But now, as Hebrews tells us, you know, once and for all he's gone into that place and offered himself. And, and, and uh, so now we have access. Previously, we never had access. You know, people say, oh, the good old days were good. No, they were not. 
these are the days yeah amen these are the days that god is showing his mercy he's showing his grace and he's saying come on over amen amen but let's not let's not stretch it too much <laughs> or let's not say you know i i sometimes feel you know the lord will give us a word that has to be said it may sound rough but you know what you never know whether this person is going to hear it that is why roman says you know we are without excuse mm -hmm. we are we are in that time we are without excuse you know when covid happened you know we were all up in arms you know know what to do i think covid was a great platform for us you know not to go down and say oh you know what to do but god made us to see different avenues mm. yeah. you know so people said oh the church is going to be irrelevant no covid made the church even more relevant mm -hmm. we brought it that's a different story it brought yeah. some lazy people <laughs> that would not come again but you know that's heeding all these trumpets if we heed all of them it will make it easy for us to hear mm -hmm. with clarity the when the trumpet sounds amen yeah. and it's uh, I, i will leave it with this i require obedience and not sacrifice yes. amen that that's that settles a lot of that if you understand that scripture <clears throat> yeah. you know you you hear what god is saying yeah. right it's it's it, he wants that relationship know me obedience rather than sacrifice you can sacrifice all day long yeah. and maybe you'll build up treasures in heaven but if you don't know him you know a lot being said here today and we and we've touched on several things uh we talked about you know elul 29 judgments and we talked about rosh hashanah uh and even into yom kippur uh, and we mentioned the beginning that it is the year of 5784 uh 5784 also uh means the year of open doors and so uh and we can look at the uh book of acts chapter 10 uh and when you read the life of peter peter having the vision the story of cornelius and peter going what what happened god opened doors uh for the gentile to be yeah. saved and it was a, a great opportunity of open doors yeah. and we're moving into a year of open doors and i believe that we're entering into a season that we're going to have you mentioned having the platform the yeah. church we're going to have the open doors to yeah. minister to places that we've not ministered to before uh this is a it's an exciting time to uh uh to get involved with the, in in a local church and get involved in deep study of the word of god uh it is a time to repent of our sins uh so that God can use us for what he's about to do. So if you're listening to us today, uh we've talked about a lot of stuff and your mind is probably in a whirlwind like wow, uh I could listen to this one or that one or or that topic for for a lot more and I'm sure there's some wanted to hear more of just specifics. But uh there's a lot going on right now. 
Uh, this is an important time and season. So hopefully, uh, Sean, maybe we uh, can carve out some more time to do another one here uh, in the next few weeks because we didn't even talk about the Feast of Booths or, or, or the Tabernacles, the other two more feasts yeah. uh, coming up. So some really, really good stuff. So Sean, uh, uh, wrap us up and... Uh, Say where we're going from here. I'm going to put it on your shoulders. Okay. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming. Thank it's you. It's uh, been awesome. Thank Amen. Awesome. Uh, he's got a church out in India. Yes. Uh, would, would you like to say anything about that before we close out? Well, we are, we are a church there who wants to go to places where no one's gone before. Hmm. That's been our, uh, I won't call it mantra, but th that's the dream. And to reach as many as we can here. And your church is located? It's in Delhi, in the outskirts of Delhi, in a suburb called Noida. Yeah. Awesome. What's it called? Riverside Assembly of God. Riverside Assembly of God. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for Thank coming. You. That's been awesome. Uh, so what we'll probably try to do is carve out a time for the Feast of Booths. I'm not going to go into the Day of Atonement necessarily, but we may cover it in the next video, uh, both of those. So, uh, but the reason why we've only got 10 days and yes. uh, I work a lot. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll continue there, but uh, thank you for watching and we just bless you right now in Jesus name. And Apostle, why don't you lead us out in a prayer and then we'll close this Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share today uh, with each and everyone listening. And Lord, I pray that uh, what they've heard today will prompt them mm -hmm. for deeper insights and uh, study into your word. So Lord, we bless your people, Lord Father. And Father, we pray that, that all would repent mm -hmm. and come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the one and true Savior. So I bless you today, and uh, I pray for you that God would... Uh, open the, this uh, new year, have an open door before you that all of the dreams and the plans that you hope for will just come into existence. Uh, Lord, I bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Be blessed. God bless you.